podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Wow, I just was enlightened. She said at 17 she got married and my work was done. I should have married her off at 12. Wouldn't have had to go through those teen years, you know? Should have learned that a lot sooner, but I didn't, so I'm still here. I'll tell you what, growing old is not for the weak. You know that? It's for the brave at heart. You got to be brave to grow old and to grow old gracefully. I had a hard time, those of you who are in your 30s, I loved every year. I mean, I've loved every year I've been born. 36, I had a hard time. I don't know why 36 was a hard time. It was just a hard time for me. I think it was because in our church, in our organization, at 36, you were no longer considered in the youth age in brackets. So at 36, I realized, and it was also the only age I overheard my mother say she was, and my mother was always old. You know what I mean? You think your mother is always so old, and she was only 36, And so when I heard her say that, and when I became that, I realized, oh, my goodness, I'm as old as my mother now. Well, then my mother went to be with Jesus earlier than I. I'm I'm outliving my mother. So when I get to heaven, I go, hi, Mom. She's going to wonder who that old lady is saying, hi, Mom, because she's this young spring chicken up there. But I'm going to have a new body. I've already ordered it. I know what I want. I know the size. I know the hair. I'm going to have bigger lips. I'm going to just, I mean, I've already got it ordered. So I thought, you know what, getting past 36, I'm okay. But then came this, was it this year or last year? I don't know. I gave up on counting how many years I am. But when it became like this year, and I told my husband, I said, oh, I'm just having a hard time. I'm sorry. I just can't wrap my brain around this number. He said, Barb, it's only a number. I said, no, it isn't. It's a whole lot of numbers. I mean, it's a whole lot of numbers. So he gets up in our congregation, in our church, and he said, my wife has a birthday, and it happened to be on a Sunday. Today, she is three score and ten. Now, how do you think that makes you feel? That doesn't sound any better than the real number, does it? Now, y'all Google that real quick, and you'll see how old I am real quick. I'll give you time. But I'm always looking at people to be inspiration. And this last week, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the little lady that's, I think she's 100 or 104, And she's running in marathons. Did you see her? I mean, I don't know if she's had two hip replacements and two knee replacements or what. But she's out there. And I mean, she's going. (laughs) And she's running the race. And she went across the finish line. I go, I can do that. That I can do. I'm going to do that. Because it's just staying and keeping up and keeping moving and keeping mobile. I am so glad to be here today. No matter what my son-in-law has said about me, I am really, really the best (laughs) mother-in-law. You know, they have a saying that behind every successful man is a surprised (laughs) mother-in-law. I had a whole bunch of son-in-law jokes today, but I thought, no, I honor him too much. I would not do that to him. But I'm so proud of what he's doing for the Lord and for his stand. Most of all, most of all, what I'm proud of him for is his commitment to God and his relationship with God. That makes a mother's heart proud. No matter what the earthly accomplishments are, 
is if you don't have a heart after God, you're losing out in life anyway. So honored today to be in church with my children. It's so good to be here today and be here on Mother's Day. And my son is here and with my daughter and my grandkids and now my great-grandkids. I'm telling you, they're amazing. And to see them worshiping the Lord is just so amazing. And they tell you what they think, don't they? I love that they come right out and say what they're thinking. Sometimes you're shocked, you know, you just kind of look at them like that, like, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know I had that hair sticking out my nose, you know. Uh, But that's okay. Thank you for telling me. I'll go clip it real quick. (laughs) Or my little granddaughter who says, oh, Ma, how old are you? And I tell her, she said, well, are you going to be dead when I get married? (laughs) I said, well, honey, if you get married at 12, I'll still be here. I said, no, honey, don't worry about those things. Almost going to be here. I'm going to be here for that. I'm, that's my determination is to be here. I, kids just, it's amazing what kids teach you in life, isn't it? I mean, how many of you learn from your kids? I mean, I'm still learning from my kids. Absolutely. They've just gone so far and ahead and above me. I just stand in amazement at them. And I sit sometimes and listening to them talk, and I'm like, where'd you come from? You know, I'm an Okie. And your daddy was not far from there. So where did you come from? It's just amazing how far they go. And then my grandkids, just amazing. I mean, I'm sitting here this morning, can't wait to get back to church to sing Tennessee whiskey. I just can't. I mean, they're going to be so amazed. Is that the word? Sweet, sweet something anyway. Because we sing tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, when you have children, you learn to hide your snacks as a mother. Didn't take me long to learn that. And I can tell when they'd been looking for them too, and I'd have to hide them again, find a new hiding place. If you don't, they eat them up. And you know, I found out you can't stop by McDonald's on your way home because they'll smell it on your breath. They're like a puppy dog. They come up to you and start sniffing. You went to McDonald's, huh? How could you? How do you know? I just found out that a lie is a very present help in the time of need. No, I did not go to McDonald's. What makes you think that? <gasps> and do you ever try to go to the bathroom and your kids not being there? If you lock the door, they lay down and look under it. What are you doing, Mom? How much longer are you going to be? And if you let them come in, they bring all of their toys. They set up their army men. They set up everything. And they have their little fort or they have their dollhouses. And they say, here, you be Barbie. Oh, honey, I feel like Barbie right now. Kids teach you so much. They teach you to ask questions. What are you doing? Who are you with? Where are you going? How come you were so late? Why did you bring that? Why did you eat that? Where, why, why in the world? I'm telling you, all I wanted to do was get married and have children. I don't know what I was thinking. There is so much more to life. It's amazing how they teach you to repeat things, too. Have you noticed that you become repetitive when you have children? 
I mean, I never tell my husband, oh, I went to work today, and as I, and as I went to work today, I, the traffic was terrible. The traffic was terrible. Did I tell you the traffic was terrible? I tell you on my way to work, the traffic was terrible. Did I tell you the traffic was terrible on the way to work? Did I tell you the traffic was terrible? You don't do that at first, but after you have children, that's the way you start talking. I said, take a bath. Did I say take a bath? Did you hear me say take a bath? What part of take a bath do you not understand? They tell me those were the good old days. Now I tell my husband, did you take a bath today? (laughs) Of course I took a bath. Well, I don't have the kids telling me anymore, so that's all. Do you ever sometimes feel like you're a split personality, that there's more of you? You know, have you ever said to somebody, who's there? And you say, oh, just me, myself, and I. Well, those are three different people. They really have personalities. They all three do. It's just like you can be so sweet and kind to your kids on a Sunday morning. I remember getting up and saying that song when I was little. My mom used to sing it to me, and I'd say, Everybody ought to go to Sunday school, Sunday school, Sunday school. Men and the women and the boys and the girls. Come on. Everybody's got to go to Sunday school. And then the other person, the analogy comes out. I said, get up and get out of here. We're going to church. You're going to learn to worship God. No, you can't wear that. And then you have this transformation when you come to church. (laughs) Even in the pastor's home. Get them all dressed. They look so cute. And somebody walks up. You have the sweetest kids. They always look so nice. And you see your son kind of look up and you grab him with that Nemo lock, you know, on Star Wars, the one that paralyzes them. You pinch down on them that don't leave marks. Because if you pinch them, they'll go, you pinched me. Next thing you know, they're reporting you. Hmm. It's like some days you mess with me, son, I'm going to throw you so far, you're going to have to hitchhike to get back home. (laughs) Oh, I'm a godly mother. I'm sorry. I raised your pastor's wife. I got to change here. Okay. (laughs) They reveal your personalities. It's amazing. Amazing what God does. He's so good. In Psalms 139 and verse 14, it says there, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I think one of the great, one of the most challenging thing we have as parents and as mothers is comparing ourselves with other people, and we compare ourselves with other people and their children. You know, Uh, it's just like sometimes you ask somebody, you know, wow, you have you have great kids. Would you would you just would you have that many children again? And they'd say, yeah, but not the same ones. (laughs) Yeah. But God so chose you to be the parent of the children you have because he knew you have what it takes to build into them and to part into them the things that God wants to take and utilize and take them higher in him. So he gave those children to you. You were specifically chosen to be the children, to be the parents of your children that God has so graciously given to you. 
And so I go so many times to meetings and I'm there, hear this, uh, you know, praise God, stand before a mirror, they tell us after you go to these women's things and, and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, you know. And I'm just like, okay, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but why did it all start sagging? I mean, it could have at least some of it stayed in place so I could find it, you know. And, you know, I'm sitting there with my, standing there with my husband the other day, and he's standing there with me, and he's got his razor, and he's shaving and everything, and he looked over, and he said, well, at least we have matching razors now. My parting words from him was, honey, did you remember to pack your razor? It wasn't for my legs. It's for my three hairs that continually want to grow out my chin. Are you ladies with me? Don't leave me standing up here by myself. But when he looks at you and he says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous are your works. I heard a young man the other day and he was speaking and he was saying, you know what? You women have just been duped. You have bought in this to this multi-million dollar uh, sales gimmick that's out there. You know, if you don't, if you don't pull it up, if you don't tuck it, if you don't enhance it, if you don't, if you don't put cover it with makeup, if you don't do this and don't do that, you know, then you're not going to be acceptable and all this. You've just been duped. You've bought into a lie and all this stuff. And I said, honey, let me tell you something, young man. If you ever seen a barred barn that's dilapidated and needs to be painted, you would be not changing your words because sometimes a little help don't hurt. And I'm talking about when we walk with God, there's just something a difference about a godly woman than a woman of the world. And that's why he tells us in his word, he says, don't be conformed to the world system, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when I realize that I am priceless before God and that when God looks down upon me, he doesn't see my imperfections. He sees me through the eyes of his son, Jesus Christ, who is without fault, perfect in every way. And when God looks down, he sees me that way. And he says, I love you with an everlasting love. It doesn't matter how old you get or how floppy you get or how much everything goes south, you are still my beloved. You are still God's prize. He looks at you and he says, you're the apple of my eye. I want you to know that I'm God's apple of his eye. He's got my name written right in the palm of his hand. So every time he opens it, it says Barbara. Yeah. It don't say all those other things. It don't say all those things that I say about myself. He looks at me and sees me flawless before him because of his son, Jesus Christ. It's because of his mercy and his grace that I stand before him today. Pure and holy and righteous. Not of any works that I have done. Nothing that I could have done to warrant and to merit what God has done for me. Just so amazing what God does for us. Aren't you glad that he makes up for our imperfections? Aren't you glad that he makes up for your failures in life? I stand in awe of him because I say, God, you are so good. I mean, all the times that I've failed at being a mother and the times when I've had to look at my kids and you know what, guys, I'm sorry, I messed up. I just shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Okay. I mean, all of those times, God is so amazing. It doesn't, just because you try to be perfect, you could never be perfect enough. Are you understanding me? Tell your neighbor you could never be perfect enough. It takes the blood of Jesus. 
and the grace of Jesus and the mercy of Jesus to help you. And that's what he does. He's so good to us. It's just amazing because in life, when we try to force things to come about in the seasons of our life, in Ecclesiastes verses three, I mean, chapter three, verses one through eight, says that there is a time and a season for everything. There's a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, and then there's a time to die, a time to plant, a time to root up, a time to kill, and a time to heal. That don't mean you can go around killing, okay? And a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. Been there? Had those seasons in your life already? It won't be your last one. Is that good news? But the good news is it only lasts for a while. Crying only lasts for the nighttime and joy comes in the morning. There's just something about the sunlight of God when he shines upon our life that all the situations of your life that seem so hopeless and so like it's never going to pan out and you are in such a mess today. Sometimes we find ourselves, I, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that's got a messed up life. Do you ever feel that way? Sometimes I feel like I'm the one that, and I'm the one that messed it up. That's the bad part. But it's amazing to me how God in his love is so faithful. God remains faithful. Say, God is faithful, God. He's faithful to his word. Say that with me. Say, he's faithful to his promises. Even when I'm not faithful. Even when you're not faithful, God remains faithful. That's just who he is. He's a faithful God. He's going to be there. You can trust him no matter what. I said, no matter what. When you look around and you say, God, what have I done? How, how can I make up? How can I straighten this up? Sometimes there's not anything you can do but trust God. And to me, that's the best thing I can ever do. Because you see, when I'm praying and I'm saying, God, you got to do something in our marriage relationship. And God, I know what it is. I know what it is you need to do. And so let me tell you, because I think you need help. Because I don't think you know him, because I live with him every day. So I just got to tell you, God, I've got my list right here. This is what he needs. And if you just help him to do this, this, and this, God, then our marriage is going to be wonderful. It's just going to be awesome. I mean, that was my prayer for a while. God, I just pray that you just change him. And sometimes, have you ever been so angry and so upset and so mad that you know how you lay at night and you hear him breathing and you say, oh my word, do I have to listen to this? You know what I mean? How many of you men ever sat there and listened to her breathing and snoring? And so sometimes we're looking at that and then sometimes we just think, you know what? Life would, might be easier without them. And then have you ever just sat around and just let your mind go until you had yourself crying? Do you ever like build on what the enemy plants in your mind and you have all these scenarios going on and on in your mind to where you have a reality show going right inside your head? I mean, you got all these people and all these events going on between your two ears. Because you have started becoming into the natural realm rather than looking into what God has said in his word. And God says in his word that if you'll be faithful to him, that God is going to be faithful to you. As you commit your life to God, God's going to work all things out for his good in your life. Because that's his promises. I think one of the best things I learned in life was when I was praying, God, please change. Please change him. God, he so needs you to change him. And I thought, you know what? Maybe God meant in his word. He said, I'm going to make a help meet for you, Adam. 
I mean, Adam had really had it made. He's in this beautiful garden and everything on there, and he had all these animals running around and everything. Everything was kind of nice and quiet. And then God said, I think you need a help meet, so I'm going to make someone that's going to be comparable to you and plant her in the garden with you. And so sometimes women, we get that in mind, our mind. And then when we hear where, where Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you helpless, but I'm going to send another comforter, and he's going to be your helper to walk along beside you in life. So sometimes we read that scripture, and instead of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we say the Father, Son, and Josephine. Because God sent me along to be his helpmeet, right? So it's kind of like the Holy Spirit. Maybe he wants me to be the voice of the Holy Spirit and speak to my husband. No, he doesn't. (laughs) He doesn't. He wants you to take your hands off and let God do the changing. God does such a better job, ladies. He does such a better job when you take your hands off and let God do the changing and you just do the loving. Can I hear an amen from all the men? Brings about a big change. They don't take hints either. Have you noticed men don't take hints? They're not wired to take hints. Women can take hints. Men aren't wired to take hints. They can't tell all the time by your look, although sometimes they know your look means they need to go out the door and come back in again because of that look on your face. But it's not always, they don't take hints. So it's just when you try to beat around the bush about something and here you are trying to make changes in his life and all the time God is saying, if you just shut your mouth for a while, I'll do a mighty work in your husband's life. Oh, y'all women are so fickle. You didn't even say amen or nothing to that one. (laughs) Been there, done that, know that, learn that. I mean, I got all the books in the world about how a husband can be the man of God he needs to be. Man of Steel and Velvet was the book back then. Highlighted every area that Tom needed. He needs this. He needs this. Highlighted it. Put it on the back of the throne. So when he sat there, he could pull it out, look at it. I just went back in there and found all these gun magazines and hunting magazines piled on top of it. I said, the man hadn't even picked up the book and looked at it. No, because God was trying to tell me something. Barbara, you let me do a change in your life and radically change you. And when I change you and you start walking like me and start talking like me and start loving him like I want you to love him, then I'm going to move in and I'm going to make a change in his life. That's what God does. I don't know where you're at today and I don't know what areas that you're fighting and I don't know what situations the enemy has brought into your life, but I'm here today to tell you some good news. Sometimes you just need to take your hands off of it and let God do it. You say, but Barbara, I don't even know which way to turn because if I go this way, this is going to happen. If I go that way, that's going to happen. If that's going away, that's going to happen. And I I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what decisions to make today. I am just overwhelmed with this. I never dreamed I would be facing this in my life. But I'm here again to tell you, he says, don't lean to your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out. But he said, in all of your ways, say all of my ways. Say every situation, every financial need, every relationship need, every need in my life, every need in your life, trust him. In all of your ways, he said, acknowledge the Lord. And he comes in there and he directs your path. It's amazing how he's done that with me. He said, my sheep know my voice. You belong to him today. You are his sheep. He is the good shepherd. 
You hear him when he talks. You do know him. You do. You have experienced him talking to you. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you still have heard him speak to you. You know those times when you've heard it. You know those times when it's just in your spirit. You knew that it was God. You knew that. Because he said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. Don't get caught up listening to everybody on the job and running to man to find solutions to your situation until you first have fallen on your knees and say, God, here I am again, and I need you in my life today. I need your direction, Lord, and I need you to speak into my heart today. Some of you are in such turmoil. The enemy has just been using your mind as a battlefield. You are so tormented with things that are not even happening in your life and will never happen in your life. But you're building on it and making it bigger and bigger. And all the time, God is saying, come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. I want to give you rest today and give you peace of mind. And that's what he wants to do. Because when your mind is all all jumbled up and all confused and all of these thoughts going on and you're trying to figure it out and somebody else tells you something else and it's all twisted and turned like that, there is no way that God can move in there and speak to your heart until you say, okay, God, I release it to you. Here it is. Now speak to my heart, Lord. God will do that today. If you feel like a failure today as a mother... Don't feel alone. We've all been there. All of us have felt that way. And I love today that God is a God of a second chance. He's so good. He's so good. He takes my darkness and my ugliness and he can turn it around. And he can make something beautiful out of it. I don't know how God does that. It's never ceased to amaze me. How people can come to the Lord and be so messed up. How I've come to him sometimes just so distraught. And I get before him and I say, God, God, I need you. Amazing, amazing grace that just sweeps in. Amazing how God can take those things in your life change it and give you a turnabout face and make things new and different in your life. He can restore today. God's a restorer. He really is. So if you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know what, Barbara, I just really need prayer today because I find myself not able to sleep at night. Some of you may even have, you know, they call those terror nights where you wake up just screaming and in horror and fear. God is not the author of that. He says in his word that you shall lay down and your sleep will be sweet. In other words, it's not even all these cares. He said, don't be anxious for nothing. Don't get all choked up over the world and over the situations in your life. But in everything, tell God. And you know what he does? He takes your cares. It just amazes me because when I cast my cares upon him, I always thought of it like, okay, uh, okay, I'm just going to lay my cares right here, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'll come back and get them later. Uh-uh. When I cast my cares upon him, he takes them, but he starts working on them. So I don't need to pick them up again because he's handling that situation. 
That's why the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow. You got enough today. Tomorrow there's going to be something new. So learn to cast your cares upon him because he so cares for you today. If you'll just lift your hands with me, those of you that need prayer, I just want to say a prayer over you today and just pray for you that God will just be with you. And whatever your situation is, hallelujah, thank you. Yes, by the uplifting of a hand, you're saying, God, I believe. That's what you're saying. Lord, I believe and I'm going to receive. And so I'm lifting my hands, Lord, right now. So, Father God, I just today, I proclaim your mercy, your grace, Lord, your kindness, your long-suffering, Lord, and your gentleness upon each and every soul that's here today. Every need, Lord, that's being lifted up to you, Lord, I just pray, God, that you move in by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move in and do your work in their life. Bring peace, bring joy, bring contentment. God, bring contentment, Lord. There's such discontentment, Lord, unhappy with everything going on right now. I pray that you bring contentment in you, Lord, that they find it in you so that there's situations in life they'll be able to rise above. God, those have just had rejection this last week and faced rejection and heard things that have been so hurtful to their heart. People that have walked out on their life just this last week. God, I pray that you bring healing right now to their hearts and to their soul. And God, from this day on, that they trust in you, Lord. And they learn how sweet it is, Lord God, to walk with you, to hear your voice. And Father, that you will lead them and direct them and guide them in every step of their life. I pray healing today up over their finances, God, that you give them wisdom and knowledge, Lord. First of all, Lord, that they seek you. And God, that you give them wisdom to know how to handle their finances, Lord, so that the bondages of poverty and lack be broken in Jesus' name. God, that a tormenting spirit be gone in Jesus' name. That peace rule and reign in their hearts and in their lives and in the lives of their children. We come against the enemy. We bind every force every oppressive spirit that would oppress people and cause them to be depressed and we commend that cloud to be gone in Jesus name and that clarity of thinking and serving you Lord be theirs and that they rise up today mighty and strong and powerful in you and in the power of your might determined Lord to hear your voice and determined to be followers of yours and Father God we ask this in Jesus name because we know that name is above all names and every evil force has to bow at the name of Jesus. Every sickness, every disease has to bow at the name of Jesus. And liberty is ours in the Lord. We praise you, God, for victory today in the name of Jesus. And everyone that agrees with me, shout a victory shout. Would you do that unto the Lord? So good. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.